And we're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. And before we get into our Bible study for the day, we have Mon with the quiz. Yes, indeed. Uh, this is a bit of a, a morbid clue. So who am I? I committed suicide. That's interesting. We've been talking a bit about suicide with um, David Stojic over the last uh, couple of uh, weeks. We've done a three-part series on that. And as a part of that series, we're going to be talking about uh, talking to a, a young lady uh, tomorrow who uh, is a suicide survivor. Okay. Uh, th- three times, three attempts. Three, yeah. Wow. Three. So it's a, a very, very serious story that we're, go- we're going to talk to this young lady on tomorrow morning's breakfast show. So make sure you tune in to hear that. Um, I think this is something very important, something we need to highlight, something that we need to really, uh, you know, to shine a light on because mm. it's the biggest cause of death amongst young people. And we need to be doing whatever we can and to be asking our friends, checking in, are you okay? Because we, you just never know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is a young lady that I actually knew in the past and, you know, spent time in the family home, all of this kind of stuff and, and would never have guessed that there was a... Uh, you know that there was there was some things that she was obviously mm-hmm. really yeah. struggling yeah. with. So, yeah, yeah. It's it's sad because I think when we think of suicide, we think of it being like possibly the most preventable death there is. It's. It, I think it's going to be important to talk to a survivor because mm. we need to hear a story. We need to hear stories of people who have been in a very dark place, and um, and what God has done in their lives. So that if there's somebody out there who, if you're in a dark place today, you need to know that there is a God out there who is alive and well and loving and loves you above what you can imagine and wants to do amazing things in your life because you know this this young lady is just uh, what she is doing for God now is just absolutely sensational. Oh, wow. We're yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. Of course, um, if you are in a dark place, uh, feel free to call Lifeline, which is 24 hours, seven days a week, uh, 13, 11, 14. Um, but speaking of uh, the, the suicides in the Bible, like our last clue was I committed suicide, and it is a Bible character, but there aren't that many in the Bible, is there, that committed suicide? No, no, not many at all. So yeah. that, that, does, that does narrow it down. down for you and make it a little bit easier for you. It's just a, a serious subject, but it makes it a bit easier for you to answer the quiz and get a prize. Indeed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, a couple of issues that we've been highlighting lately. We, so we, we've been highlighting this issue of suicide and talking about that uh, with David Stoichik. But we also just finished an interview with uh, Tapiwa Mutsuriwa. Oh, I got it, I think, that time. Nice work. <laughs> I'm just going to stick with Tappy. <laughs> and uh, we, um, yeah, a, a, as a part of that, we, we talked about the issue of racism because here you've got a pastor who was born in Africa, lives in Australia, pastors at a church of Southeast Asians. Mm-hmm. And it's just awesome, you know, this is what Christianity does. And, and as Tappy said, you know, under every, you know, the everlasting gospel to every kindred, nation, tongue and Amen. people. And that's what he wants to do. That's Amen. his calling. It's like, I'll take the gospel anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, just really appreciate his perspective on that. But the Bible indicates, and we our, our, our next story that we're going to be looking at in the book of Acts is uh, just how serious a thing racism is, oh. and how real a thing it is, Ooh. and how that yeah you know not that much has changed um, over the centuries since the time of Christ and since the early church. So let's turn our Bibles to the book of Acts. Join us in the book of Acts. Join 20 million other people around the world all studying the same passage of the Bible together at the same time. And of course, don't forget, if you would like to study uh, as a part of this group in a small group setting, which is, you know, it's so much easier than 
than uh, you know doing it over the radio, then give us a call because yep. we have contacts. We know people who know people, mm-hmm. and we know people in your area. Give us a challenge. See if you can find somewhere, anywhere, where we can't connect you with a local small group who are going to be studying this particular uh, chapter of the Bible. And uh, yeah. Give us a call. We'll, we'll make that work for you. All right, so where are we up to? Acts chapter 15. Oh, this is a fascinating chapter. I actually really like this chapter. It highlights some serious issues that the early church was facing, but at the same time it um, yeah, outlines some amazing biblical truths. Uh, Mon, why don't you start for us in verse 1. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers. Unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, accompanied by some local believers, to ask to the apostles and elders about this question. This church sent the delegates to Jerusalem, and they stopped along the way in Phoenicia and Samaria to visit the believers. (coughs) Excuse me. They told them, much to everyone's joy, that the Gentiles too were being converted. When they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and elders. They reported everything God had done through them. But then some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted that Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. This issue of circumcision comes up. And uh, whenever this issue comes up, every male person who is listening to the show just <coughs> cringes yeah, and uh, is super thankful that the Jerusalem Council came up with a decision that this yeah. was not something that was required. But why did God ask Abraham to do this in the first place? You know, this, is this just a form of mutilation <coughs> that should be just completely, is it the most horrific thing imaginable? In my understanding, two things. One, it was a sign. But the second thing, and I don't think the people maybe even understood back then, mm-hmm. uh, was for hygiene reasons. Being out and wandering out in the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, hygiene. Like, do you know that even today, uh, if there's a married couple, uh, women who are married to circumcised men, I think it's a 40% decrease of the chance of cervical cancer. That's interesting. Huge. And particularly in a third world environment. Mm -hmm. So there's very, very, very much a health aspect to what is taking place here. Um, So there was something symbolic for sure. This was symbolic of of his covenant relationship with God. And this was something that um, for Jewish people (coughs) takes place on the eighth day. Of their birth, yeah. Of their birth. This is not something you are ever going to Mm -hmm. remember. Yeah, it's unfair for them to say, oh, we all had it done, you know, when we were eight days old and no one can remember it, but you all need to get it done as adults. Like, that'd be so traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, A little baby that's eight days old has no idea what's going on. There's a bit of pain and discomfort for a a couple of days and then uh, life is good again. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for an adult, it's like... This is a major barrier to becoming a Christian. If this is necessary to become a Christian, and this had become a barrier Mm. to people becoming followers of God. Can you imagine if these days when we witness to people, if we made circumcision a requirement for joining the church or becoming a Christian, like we'd never get anyone to convert these days. Yeah, No, No. absolutely not. And Jesus is not in the business of keeping people out of heaven. He's in the business of keeping people in heaven. What about female circumcision? No, absolutely not. That's that's it is illegal in most countries, and it should be illegal in the ones it's not. It's, it, it's a it's a barbaric practice yeah. of the worst possible kind. There is no absolutely no 
um, hygienic reasons or yeah, anything. No. Otherwise, it's it's not. Um, you know, this is they this do is it. In, they do it in some African countries. FGM, female genital mutilation, and it's um <clears throat> it's done as a way to keep women under control. And, uh, and actually, the Australian government and has... And it's, it's done as the, for the purpose is to stop them from enjoying sex. Yeah. So they won't... Uh, yeah. yeah. And so, thereby thinking that, that men have greater control if they don't enjoy sex, which is ridiculous. But the Australian government has a very, very strong stance on it. And, and so not, they should, and I yeah. totally support it. It's not only illegal in Australia. It's illegal for an Australian citizen to go overseas and participate in anything to do with female genital mutilation. So, if they come back and they're found guilty of having been involved... Um, with FGM in another country that can be persecuted here in Australia. It's good to yeah. know that our country takes some strong stand on some yeah. good things mm-hmm. at times because sometimes I look at our laws and say these are just way too weak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know when you, when you have to go, go through the whole passport paperwork and there's a couple of really strong questions I have to ask you, mm-hmm. FGM is on that list. Yep. So And it should be. Praise the Lord, the Australian government taking a stance there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so moving on from there. We do have this issue of circumcision and we find that the Pharisees are upset that the uh, Gentiles are not being circumcised. Now, of course, these are Pharisee believers. Mm-hmm. How do you have a Pharisee believer, a Pharisee Christian? Well, being a Pharisee is not like being a Jew, is it? It's not like also a race as well as a religion. No, that's right. I don't know. Is it just is it just like a, a nod to their previous subscription? Okay, so basically, um, like with any church, you've got your left and your right and your in-betweens. Mm-hmm. And your left were your Sadducees, who were kind of atheistic in their approach mm-hmm. towards Judaism. Judaism was a, a great philosophy for them to live by. It was, you know, and still is probably one of the oldest continuous religions, and so they practiced their religion to, as a part of their culture. It was very cultural. These were the ones that were uh, um, educated. Philosophically, like- they were more Buddhist than anything else. These ones are educated like in Greek and Egyptian yes, they, kind of that, stuff. That's, yeah. that's right. They were educated in, in, in Greek <laughs> philosophy and you know, they didn't believe in the resurrection or any of these kind of things. So their, their belief in God was a bit wishy-washy. You know, very, very wishy-washy. So that's, that's your extreme left wing of the Jewish religion. The Pharisees were the other side of the equation. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So there were some aspects where for the um, for the Pharisees, it was quite attractive to become a Christian. So if you're a Sadducee, and this is where Jesus appeals to both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a Sadducee where you are looking for really good philosophical um, you know, and moral way to live your life, you will not find anything better and more appealing than the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. The Sermon on the Mount is going to reach out to every Sadducee that is out there, mm-hmm. you know, because this is just great morals to live by. Um, if you're a Pharisee, on the other hand, you're going to uh, re- have a very strong. There's a very strong appeal by Jesus doctrinally, mm-hmm. with the doctrines and the teachings that Jesus took, and particularly Jesus' approach to the Bible, because the, the Pharisees had a very much had, had had a very strong you know interest in the Bible and what does the Bible say and how do we teach the Bible and how do we practice the Bible. And in the process, often they would, you know, their morality would slip out the window. Mm-hmm. And this is what you find today between the left and the right. Um, you're two extremes, uh, not where you want to be. We want to, you know, be dead center, where we have good morals and total fidelity to scripture at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you're for, for your Pharisee, your Pharisee comes along and, and Jesus, you know, makes a very strong defense of the resurrection of the dead you can't get a stronger defense than actually going out and doing it on a number of occasions. 
And then, of course, you've got all this evidence that Jesus himself rose from the dead. And so they're convinced, like, yes, okay, this is this is supporting our cause. And even, you know, the Apostle Paul later on in the books of book of Acts allies himself to a certain extent with the Pharisees over the issue of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so you can see that, yeah, there'd be a bunch of Pharisees that would find Christianity very appealing. But at the same time, because they have this... Um, this very black and white approach to scripture. It's like, well, if you're not if you're not circumcised, then uh, you're out. That's it. It's yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's over. It's gone. Whereas somebody who is a Sadducee wouldn't have that same approach. They'd be like, no, you know, mm. it's all about what's in your heart. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we need to find the balance between the two and not be one or the other. So this is this is where your Pharisee believers have come in. It's interesting to note that we still have those exact same groups in our church today. Nothing's changed. Slightly different arguments. Not arguing about circumcision anymore. It'll be like the health message, or you know, food or something. Something like that. That'll, that'll be what's on the cards today. Yeah. You find these uh, one doctrine Christians. You ever yeah. notice that they have, the, <laughs> yes. they have the, the the gospel of the health message, or the, uh-huh. or the or the gospel of dress reform, or the gospel of you uh-huh. know whatever else uh-huh. it might be, and they focus in on a minutia. Yeah. Yeah. And make it the entire gospel. You mm-hmm. know the. Mm-hmm. the the gospel of the, the Trinity heads. or the anti-Trinity or whatever uh-huh. it might be, and you know that's maybe not such a hair-splitting one, but um, it, but the people will focus on one issue and make everything about that one issue, and won't be able to get off it. And here you've got yeah, human nature just doesn't seem to change, does it? It doesn't. And so this is a lesson. There is a lesson here for all of us. You know, to calm down and to actually, all right, let's stop and think about the context right here and let's let's look at this from a biblical perspective. And was the symbol of circumcision something that was given to Jewish people to be a sign of people who are part of the Jewish nation? And of the of their covenant with God, or was this some, something that was for everybody? No, it was given to the it was given to the Jews, wasn't it? It was given to Abraham. Yeah, it was given to Abraham. He was the father of the Jewish nation. It mm-hmm. wasn't given to Noah. If it had been given to Noah or Adam, then yes, that's given to the whole world. Yeah. And so there were many things. It's, it's interesting. There's many things, and you get you see snippets of it here and there. There were many things about the Jewish religion that were very appealing to pagans. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a monotheistic religion. Your Ten Commandments are great rules to live by. You know, you, you don't get better morality than your Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, it was a deeply spiritual religion, and so you can see that there would be a high level of curiosity, and there was. And mm-hmm. you see, you have people like Cornelius, who is a believer in God, to the point that you know he prays to God every day. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't been circumcised. Mm-hmm. That's that's a major barrier. There's like, you know, there are a bunch of people out there that would love to join the Jewish religion, but you know, the Jews are like, oh no, unless you're circumcised, then you can't have anything to do with it. And in many ways, they were shooting themselves in the foot because they really were. Yeah, yeah. They, they were making. You know, God said, "This is for you." He didn't say this is for everyone. He says, "This is for you." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 so you know they. They'd built this wall, this barrier between them and the Gentiles, and really, in many ways, it was a wall of circumcision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do Jews still circumcise today? It's such a non-issue today. Yeah. That, um, do Jews? We, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah let's continue. Mm. Yeah. Do they? Do they also expect um, proselytes to? Yes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you can become a part of the Jewish religion, um, circumcision is required. 
no matter what age of you course, are. Of course, that's a whole lot easier these days. With anesthetic. Yeah, yeah. anesthetic. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, in the Bible there is an example of an entire group of men who got you know, circumcised as men, grown mm-hmm, men, mm-hmm. And, uh, and who were then uh, missing in action for several days and were so weakened that they were easy targets. They were all put to death by an you know, incoming army. Yep. Yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> one of those stories that is definitely R-rated in the Bible. Yes, yeah. The Bible doesn't sugarcoat anything and there nope. are R-rated stories and there are X-rated stories in the Bible mm-hmm. and uh, you can find them all there. But uh, yeah, just a, a truly horrific experience, um, um, the, the, the men of Shechem, if you want to, um, to look up a scandalous Bible story this morning. Okay, so that was um, that's pretty heavy stuff for the breakfast show, Mon. Yeah, <laughs> like hope you're enjoying your wheat bix. Whoo, where are we? Okay, so let's go back to verse one. There were certain men that came down from Judea and taught the brethren and said, "Unless you're circumcised after the manner of Moses, you can't be saved." Okay, so where have they come from? They've come from Judea and they've come to Antioch. What kind of a church do you have in Antioch? Uh, you have a, a freshly minted Christian church, so, so that. Okay, so they're not called Jews here, not are they? Jews, no. They're called Christians. Mm-hmm. Is the first place that they're mm-hmm. called that's Christians. That's right. That's right. And uh, and and so the, and it's a multi-ethnic church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tapiwa, um, this is your um, this is your church right here. Yeah, that's right. Um, he was telling us he's got sixty members in one of his church with twenty different nationalities, oh, which pretty much sounds like Sydney. Yeah, it does. It does. I yeah. remember uh, what well, we have uh, 23 spoken languages amongst 55 attendees at a church they had in Marrickville. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. That's, the, the, that's great. That's it's great. The, oh, it's the best. Heaps of fun. Yeah, multicultural lunch day was the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, anyway, um, and the Bible says that there was no small dissension and disputation amongst them. Uh, so with these 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 guys they turn up in Antioch and like no this is this is a, this is a major problem here this is the, like the worst possible heresy you've mm-hmm. got Gentiles here that have not become Jews mm. and they're calling themselves Christians you know what is going on how dare they how, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and of course you know Antioch is in the north Jerusalem is in the south the headquarters of Christianity is in Jerusalem it's like yeah. It, and it they bad. seem to have trouble letting go of that whole privileged, entitled label that they've been given as Jews, and uh, they seem to have trouble letting go of that, and then letting everyone have a slice of the pie. Who do you reckon was involved in all of this? We've been involved. Yeah, who who is involved in all these discussions here in Antioch? Well, doesn't it say it was like the Pharisees? Mm-hmm. Who else? Uh, Paul and Barnabas. Yes, and guess who else? Mm-mm-mm, let me have a quick scan. You won't find it in there. I don't know who. Peter. Peter. Peter got involved and Peter messed up <gasps> epically. Peter, what have you done? Okay, so he's, yeah. Peter does everything epically. Yes, of course he does. He's Peter. <laughs> so, so he's either going to he's either going to have a, an epic experience with Christ and preaching the word of God or he's going to mess up and he never does anything by halves. Yeah, no. Okay, now Peter, of course, mm-hmm. was the person who had the vision. Mm-hmm. Of the sheet. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay, so he's ha- he was the one who God first communicated to and said, "Take the gospel to the Gentiles." Yeah, he was the one who went to the house of Cornelius and mm-hmm. preached there mm-hmm. in that house and witnessed Cornelius receiving the Holy Spirit as an uncircumcised Gentile. Mm-hmm. Peter was the one who then you know baptized Cornelius and his whole family. 
You did, yeah. And recognize that, yes, clearly, you know, the Holy Spirit is not picking favors here, but, you know, Christianity is for everyone, mm-hmm. um, including people who are uncircumcised. So God has communicated, you know, there's probably no one out there that God has communicated more clearly to than Peter in relationship to this issue right here. Mm-hmm. So why is he so confused about it? Well, he's not confused. He, okay. gets, he gets political. Oh. We're going to come back after this song. We're going to look at the politics that Peter involved himself with and uh, the conflict that it created. And there's going to be some lessons for us there about how to deal with things in the church environment. I've gone on a journey To the promised land I heard of Jesus God's only son It wasn't something That came and God He picked me up Change my life But sometimes life brings you down And before you know it You're worn out When all you can see is dusty roads And those sights have ceased And you're left on your knees There's a rest Journey through far 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Anders Svensson with Rest Place here on Faith FM. Lol, guess what? What? Our quiz has been answered. Ah, somebody's napped it up. Who got it this time? Yes, Feli from Kerwin in Queensland has answered correctly with the answer of Judas Iscariot. Oh, go Queenslanders. Yes, it was indeed Judas who committed suicide, knew where to find Jesus, uh, was all demanding about the perfume that Mary Magdalene brought along. Mm -hmm. And um, and, and Zacharias prophesied of his wickedness, prophesied about how he was going to betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Congratulations, and uh, yeah, somebody that's listening online because we don't have the, they have the delayed broadcast in Queensland. Mm, well, she's on it. Absolutely, is on somebody it. is on the ball. So if you want to listen to the live show and you are listening to the delayed broadcast, if it is not Monday, the what is it, the twentieth yep. of August, uh, you're listening to the delayed broadcast. So you need to get with the times and listen to the live show. Uh, simply do so at faithfm.com.au or by. Uh, going, grabbing the TuneIn app on your mobile device, and then you have a perfect signal all right across the world. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and you can answer. You never have to worry like about that signal going all kind of uh-huh. as you drive away from it. And you can win stuff just like Feli has won the prize this morning. Absolutely. Okay. Very good. We are back in the book of Acts. In fact, we're going to go to the book of Galatians. Oh, Galatians. Yes, Acts, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians. Galatians, the little book that is a summary. Or a precursor to the book of Romans. And we're going to go to Galatians chapter 2. And we're going to start... Uh, ooh, let's see. Oh, There's an interesting story here. Where do we start? Uh, let me think. Let me think. 11. Me think. <coughs> okay. Let's start. Yeah, no, nah, earlier than that. We need to get, to get, some, get some context for that. Hmm. Oh, you really can start in verse 1, really. Okay. Then 14 years later, I went back to Jerusalem again, this time with Barnabas, and Titus came along. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. While I was there, I met privately with those who considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message that I had been teaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were all in agreement for fear of all my efforts being wasted, and I was running the race for nothing. And they supported me and did not even demand that my companion... Titus be circumcised, though he was a Gentile. Okay, so there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got Titus with him. Titus is a Gentile, and he's meeting with the church leaders there. Circumcision is not an issue for them in Jerusalem. Simple it, as that. Even that question came up only because of some so-called believers, false believers really, who were secretly brought in. They snuck in to spy on us and take away the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. No, so he, he doesn't, doesn't muck around here, does he? I know, I know. He's, He's like, yeah, these are false believers. They, yeah. have, they have snuck in and they're trying to take away our freedom. They wanted to enslave us and force us to follow their Jewish regulations. Ref- and he's talking about circumcision right he here. Is, That's yeah. the context, yeah. But we refused to give in to them for a single moment. We wanted to preserve the truth of the tr- gospel message for you. And the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was teach- preaching. By the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. Instead, they saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. And, of course, here what what Paul is bringing out is, because the Galatians have suddenly uh, become Mm -hmm. um, what was called in those days Judaizers. Okay, what's that? A Judaizer is somebody who uh, is a Christian, and lives culturally as a Jew, but is also a Gentile. Okay. So if you lived culturally as a Jew mm-hmm. and made that a part of your Christianity, a part of your religion, that's what's called a Judaizer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Mm. So what's how is that different to a proselyte? Proselyte. A proselyte is anyone who goes from one religion to another. Oh, okay, right, 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 right. right. Yeah. So they, 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 they were, they're talking about Judaizers right here, mm-hmm. who are you know you know are, are living as Jews even though they are a Gentile because of the influence of the. Um, the, the influence of the of the Pharisee sect of Christianity. So when people are accused of Judaizing, it just means that they're trying to get they're trying to implement Jewish regulations and customs and get all up with the rules. Is that what that means? Yeah, yeah. more or less, yeah. more or okay. less. Anyway, where are we up to? Uh, verse seven, eight, ten. Oh, by the way, it's interesting. You said like it didn't make any difference to me. You know, he's meeting here with you know people who have who lived their entire life with Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and uh, you know guys no respecter of persons mm-hmm. there's a yeah. great principle we've got coming out right here you know there's no celebrity worship taking place whatsoever amen at all. amen and the leaders of the church are not giving you know this is the church based in Jerusalem mm-hmm. right and the leaders of the church in Jerusalem are not giving Paul and Barnabas a hard time over the issue of circumcision, like, no, this is fine. Titus doesn't need to be circumcised. Mm-hmm. This is not an issue. And so what Paul is saying is, look, I just wanted to go down to Jerusalem and clarify that what we were teaching was the same as what they were teaching. And when I got there, I found, yeah, we're all teaching the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, keep going. For the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as the apostle to the Gentiles. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. So this is good. This is how Christianity should be, right? Mm -hmm, This is mm -hmm. a great passage right here. And it's interesting. um, I'll read it from my translation. When James, Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars... Um. Yeah, you sort of wonder about Peter being the first pope here when it's just yeah. not entirely clear. But anyway, that's right. Yeah. The only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Praise God. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're reading about and Antioch in the book of... Yeah, yeah. We're, I told you Peter messed up epically, didn't uh-huh, I? Uh-huh. So they've gone down there to Jerusalem. They've met with the apostles in Jerusalem. They're like, yep, no, we're all on the same page. And then Peter comes up to Antioch. And in Antioch, we were just reading about this group of Pharisee Christians who were in the church and demanding the circumcision of the Gentiles, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. So Peter turns up in Antioch, and what happens? Keep reading. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. As he had done with Cornelius because God had communicated very, very clearly, more clearly with Peter than with anybody else. And Peter then had obviously communicated that with the rest of Christianity, which is where Paul and Barnabas got it from in the first place. Mm Mm-hmm. But, All right, so he's eating with the Gentiles. But afterwards, as he should. Yeah, yeah. But afterwards, some when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by the hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, Since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. 
For one will never be made right with God by obeying the law. Amen. Praise God. Wow. What a passage right here. So he stands right up there and he rebukes Peter to his face. Yeah, in front of everyone. Yeah. And good so because Peter was just concerned about what other people were thinking. And this is a trap. We uh-huh. get concerned about what other people are thinking instead of being concerned about what Jesus thinks. And what's us. significant here is that James was not opposed to Peter. So to, so to, to what, Peter, Paul, Barnabas? Or, James was not opposed to this issue of circumcision. Mm-hmm. You know, James is obviously a little bit more conservative than some of the others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with being a little bit more conservative, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fine, whatever. Um, the problem is that those who were super conservative, your Pharisee Christians... Mm-hmm and who were demanding circumcision, which James was not demanding and neither was Peter demanding. We're going to find more about it in Acts chapter 15. Um, they were, you know, Peter felt that he, he, he was feeling under pressure and so he um, hunted with the wolves and ran with the hounds or however it goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Foxes, hounds, whatever. And he was playing a political game. Never a good idea to get involved in church politics. Is forgiveness or the lack of forgiveness eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au.
Listening to Sons of Korra with Psalm 63 here on Faith FM, and uh, Mon has been giving me a history lesson during the break. I was rather. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't go into that right now because we need to get to more serious things. Um, she was talking about Japan. She loves Japan and wants to go to Japan. And uh, yeah. Okay, so what's our what's our question of the day here? Mom? Okay, so today's question is, can I really do all things through Christ? You know, there's that Bible verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Does that mean like if I want to be a unicorn, can I be a unicorn? Yes. If what? Mm-hmm. If I want to like Ferrari, can I like pray a Ferrari into existence? Yes. Can I like, you know, literally move a mountain? Yes. You've got, some, you've got some questions to answer, Lyle. No, no, I answered your question. You, this was the question of the day, and you, you asked the question, I said yes. Okay, now prove it from the Bible. <laughs> sure. Let me prove it from the Bible. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for truly I say unto you, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place. Aye. That's old English. That's cool. Yeah, move from here to there. Mm-hmm. And it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. They are proved from the Bible. So, so all the key word is nothing. Nothing is impossible. For a unicorn, nothing is impossible. So how do I but how do I do that? Like if I if I like want to become a unicorn. 
you, 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 bro, it's what it says right here. Can't, can't you read what the Bible so says? Why does, Are wh- you disbelieving the Bible? Well, as well? Why isn't it happening then? Oh, questions, questions, questions. Just take I've the been Bible. praying for ages to become a unicorn. Why is it not you happening now? I have not been praying to become a unicorn. Okay, one. fair enough. <laughs> but I have been praying for a Fiat 500. <laughs> <laughs> why a Fiat 500? Think big. Go with That's the Ferrari. That's my dream car. I don't want the Ferrari. All right, so let's go to the Gospel of John. And let me see if I can find a passage here. Okay. Nope. I thought I had it. Where'd it go? It's disappeared out of my Bible. It's right here. I know I'm, I'm, I'm staring at it. Um, and it has just vanished from my Bible. Don't you hate that? Yeah, it's just like, bleh, it's under my fingertips. What's the verse? Okay, so what Jesus says is this. Whatsoever you ask the Father, in my name, he will give it to you. That's the end. That's the last couple of words of the passage right there. Okay. okay. All right, so there you go. There's your answer. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. So the question that we now have to ask ourselves is a very, very simple question. That is this. What does it mean to ask something in the name of Jesus. Because that's the key to answering this whole question that you are asking. Because I kind of suspect that when you ask, hey, I want to be turned into a unicorn or I want a Ferrari, you might not be asking that in the name of Jesus. But what if I do? P.S. It's John fourteen thirteen. What I mean, if I see, do? See, I was right here. I was right here. I know, I know I'm you're right, right there. there. And so, but what if I do ask for it in Jesus? Does that like sort of seal the deal? Is that like, is that like the special? You know, that, token? that says that right there, but it's not the actual verse I was looking for. The re- verse I'm looking for um, is on this page. <laughs> Can't find it. Can't see it. Anyway, whatever. But what if I do ask for it in Jesus' name? Okay, so 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 you're going to ask for. So this is what you've got to ask. What does it mean to ask in the name of Jesus? Does that mean just mean that you ask anything you want, attach the name of Jesus to it, and voila, there it is. Well, I mean... That's what it sounds like, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, that's because we read it, read it with our cultural um, understanding and our cultural eyes. Name in the Bible is very, very significant. And name symbolizes character. Mm-hmm. So when you ask something in the name of Jesus, it, does, it doesn't mean attaching the name to the request. That's pretty meaningless. Yeah, it is. Um, it means attaching the character of Jesus to... To the request. So let me ask you this, Mon. If you came to God and asked for a Ferrari or to be turned into a unicorn, not quite sure why you would go with that. Why wouldn't you? But go on. Because I really don't want to be a unicorn. I'm quite happy being a human. Thank you. Um, if you ask that, are you asking that in the character of Jesus? In other words, is this something that Jesus would do? If Jesus was here right now, would Jesus ask for a Ferrari or to be turned into a unicorn? Does that answer your question? Yes. Okay. I'm glad. That should answer your question because Jesus would not ask for either of those things. And when we ask for things that are not in the character of Jesus, then you know the, then they haven't been asked in the name of Jesus. Therefore, God's not going to do them. So he's not a vending machine God. He is not a vending machine God. If you want 
to see God do amazing things. Ask for the same kind of things that Jesus was asking for when he was here on this earth. Actually, this verse here is really great because what John fourteen thirteen says in my Bible, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Nice. It even clarifies it even more. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because it's all about glorifying God, right? That's right. Not glorifying ourselves. Never saw Jesus ask for a Ferrari or a chariot for that matter. Or any other form of conveyance other than thanking God, I guess, for his own two feet that he used to walk everywhere he went. When he died, he only had one possession. That was a piece of cloth that couldn't even be torn. It didn't even have a semen. It was just like a bed sheet. It's the only thing that Jesus owned. He never asked for a Ferrari. He never did spectacular things like turn himself into a unicorn. He presented the love of God and allowed God's character to draw people and attract them to himself. So you can do all things as long as it glorifies God. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah, we're going to listen to uh, Anna Laura with Abide With Me here on Faith FM.
You're listening to Anna Laura with Abide With Me here on Faith FM. As we come to the end of our show and we get to give something away for free. Yes, give us a call now. Be the first person on 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. And we will give you a copy of the wonderful book by Dennis Smith, 10 Days of Prayers and Devotions to Experience the Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we've given a number of these books away. And the reason that we've done so is because they have just been wildly popular mm-hmm. and we've been getting so many good reviews back on uh, on these books about receiving the Holy Spirit. And if you'd like to have a closer walk with God, if you would like to have a more powerful filling of the Holy Spirit, then this book of 10 Days will uh, definitely be tran- life-transforming for you. This is our last one, actually. Just letting you know now, this is our last opportunity to get this one. There you go. And uh, yeah, it's broken down into uh, day by day chapters, and each chapter, you know, covers, um, you know, it's uh, covers a couple of Bible verses, a bit of spirit of prophecy, discussion questions, and prayer focus as well, just guiding you in prayer and um, yeah, leading you to have a close relationship with God and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So, wonderful book, and uh, of course, we can give it to you completely for free. We'll even chuck in a bumper sticker for you, Faith FM bumper sticker. And a, Just, fridge, and a fridge magnet? And a fridge magnet. Oh, there you go. And Getting a generous magnet. today. Just be the first person to call now on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 or find us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram or even on IGTV now. That's right. And uh, our Instagram handle is FaithFM Live as is for Twitter and our Facebook is FaithFM Australia. And don't forget that if you would like to know more about the Bible, we would like to connect you with people who can help you to learn more about the Bible. If you'd like to do a Bible course on any number of different subjects, then we can arrange that for you anywhere in Australia, uh, New Zealand, South Pacific, all over the place. Um, Probably pretty much anywhere in the world we can organise that for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So stay tuned. More great programming coming up now.
Bye.